everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the 15-Minute Rev. Happy Friday. Hope you guys have had a great week. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Hope you guys are doing exceptionally well this Rosh Hashanah. As God's bringing us out of our old and into our new. And have I got a word for you, actually. This is actually kind of interesting today. I'm going to jump right into this because of the different topic matter. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you guys on YouTube and Facebook. Glad to always see you guys. I hope you guys are making it through this stressful week. Uh, there's been a lot of warfare this week because of the head of the year. Uh, also, today is Rosh Hashanah, the first month of Tishri. I hope I'm saying that correctly. But uh, a lot of warfare, a lot of warfare trying to hinder you from getting into your new place. So I hope you this finds you well this Friday. And uh, we're going to jump right into the message i think today <clears throat> got a lot of things to talk to you about pardon me but the topic uh, or the title for today is holy realities versus demonic realities do you know the difference uh free the pow's and then get through your door okay so i thought this was pretty interesting what god is talking about already because um it has to do with everything we've been talking to our team about this whole last week uh, de uh, demonic realities versus a holy reality how to step in and recognize uh, when the enemy's trying to steal your future from selfish people around you remember we have three-fourths of the church stuck in some portion of contraction point two or lower levels of the spirit yet they're using the word through their dysfunction to try to control and manipulate other people that will get you automatically disqualified i just want you to know that can you pray against the warfare already guys it's already starting to come at me too please um thank you but a lot of people um, are having a hard time navigating at this level right now. And if you're at the lower levels, well, that's going to be another topic for later on in our discussion. But what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you right now? <clears throat> because this is the prophetic word he gave me yesterday for the body of Christ. And I was actually apprehensive about reading it. I was absolutely, really sincerely apprehensive about reading it on here. But it ties right into the message. So I'm absolutely, again, amazed at how God dovetails all these things in. And so this is what he said to me yesterday. God said, my people are having a difficult time discerning between my holy realities that some are moving into <clears throat> in the spirit while others are getting stuck in the demonic realities or realms of the enemy. Because they haven't sought to get cleaned up to be able to recognize the difference between the two. Thank you, Lord. What, what do you want me to do about that, God? Okay. Thank you, God. Hence, the Lord says, the entire nation now is having difficulty believing me in what I told them I would do for them. What did God tell us he was going to do for us about three and a half years ago? I'm going to say the number 45. So there you go. You either stepped out of the old and into your new, or you got stuck in the old by and by, which I'm going to address with you too. So if you can't truly see, says the Lord, because you've chosen not to enter in, how will you be able to understand and perceive the differences in truth's reality versus a lie? <clears throat> because the only way to know the difference is to know me at higher levels as I guide you into all truth, into heaven, ma heaven's majesty. And then I saw myself in a vision again on the porticos of heaven. And it was different this time. Um, instead of overlooking the old Jerusalem, I was looking over the new Jerusalem. And there were all these baby blues around me, blue in color, baby blue everywhere, just everywhere. 
Now remember Tuesday when I told you I was seeing all white, which stands for purity. And so where many others are beginning to come up alongside of me in this vision, that's what I was beginning to see, um, to see God's vision of the holy reality on their lives. So I'm seeing a lot of people now starting to try to rise up in the spirit, getting free from them. But yet some are still thinking that their way is the right way. And, And that's not that grouping, by the way. It's people trying to enter in illegally. I'm going to get to that. You can't because you won't stay. The Lord says the, the witchcraft on you will cause you to get disqualified immediately, says the Lord, and you'll go tumbling down the mountain too because you can't handle the spiritual laws at this level. You have to get free in order to handle and stand at the higher levels. You can't take shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in getting in. You got to understand, did God let the five virgins in to the feast? No, he left five outside. And then he let the other five in. So he means what he says when he says, you're going to do things my way now or you won't enter in. But when I was in this vision, I was beginning to see many people gather on the porticos of heaven now. And that was in the bride. They were the true bride, which was a relief to see them coming inside. And so what does this mean then? God had me look up the prophetic meaning of the baby color, baby blue. And the very fact that the sky is blue stands for the presence of Yahweh or God's chosen nation, Israel, which is also denoted as blue from the time of David, Matthew 9, 21. And then also Michael's blue angel light ray represents fortitude, safety, faith, and the ultimate triumph of good over evil. Now, if you're, If you're stepping in and you've been operating in your old for a while, a lot of people are having a hard time. They're getting stuck in that that transitional place of navigating out of the old and into the new. And that's where they're getting hung up in these demonic realities. And I'm fixing to get into that with you, too. So just hang with me for a second. Um, And I guess now is a time. You want me to do it right now, God? You want me to wait? Okay. Well, let me. Can I? Okay, I'll do it right now. Um, sorry. Do you understand when God gives you a, a dream about something or a prophetic word about something? A true prophetic word from a true prophet that's aligned with God. Let me specify that. Because a lot of people are running to people that are attaboys and girls in this day and time. They may have fivefold giftings or not, but they're telling them what they want to hear. Doesn't mean that's what's from, coming from the Lord. And I'm going to get into that here in a second too. But... The people that are able to navigate through out of their old and into their new are people that are willing to look at themselves inside. They're willing to look look and have prophetic deliverance ministers look at themselves and put God's finger on things in them to where they can begin entering in so that we can actually get past the flesh and get past ourselves to actually quit being stuck on a shelf to where God can begin using us again. Because a lot of this three-fourths of the church now have been shelved. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. They've been shelved. And it makes them really angry, too, at people like me. They get really hot. I can feel them praying against me. God bless them. But it's not my fault that you didn't enter in. You have to own your crap. You get to own what you refuse to do. And a lot of these people are so filled with pride, and then they get angry at the confidence of God in my life. I'm not being irreverent. I'm not 
blasting anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. Don't get mad at the messenger. Deal with you. Good Lord, deal with you. So, because the rest of us are worn out from dealing with you. So, I went back into the vision then, at this point, and I asked the Lord about the people on the portico coming up alongside of me, and I was getting excited because I like I like a lot of, I like to deal with people. I like to uh, hang out with a lot of people. It's a lot of fun. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what are they doing? And the Lord told me, he said, my presence is building thickly around those who are seeking to be next to me in this hour. And in this vision, I could actually sense the reality of Jesus' spirit starting to build as the people were standing next to him on the porticos. And it was pure truth building up on them. Pure truth. As a matter of fact, if that's you, and if you've got this spirit of boldness building up in your life right now, it's a truth like you've never known before, and you're unwavering in it. That's how you know if you made it through your new door. That's how you know. It's like this boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you don't care what the religious Pharisees say. You don't care what the occult says. You can care what the world thinks. It's like, this is the truth. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Get on boat. Get on board. Or let God boot you out. That's the only choice you have in this hour. So don't, don't mistake my confidence in what my God does for me. For arrogance, there's a difference between the two. Definite difference. I submit myself to him too. First and foremost. So the truth is building up on these people. <clears throat> and, this, and then as I watch, I see all these people begin to disperse and take Jesus' spirit with them, his spirit of love, the strong love from above. And his spirit of truth illuminating their vessels. As they've come out and through and as their vessels begin to shine brightly like heaven, they begin making their way back down the mountain of God to the earth below because of having Jesus shine his face upon them to be gracious unto them, to give them his peace. And so they're walking now in the eye of the storm and they're able to take everything they learned above and take it to the war torn earth below to show people looking for answers the way in which they should go. So then the people or the focus seems to be on the people who can truly see versus those who can't see. And God doesn't seem to be focused on Jerusalem below. Remember in the vision on Tuesday, it was always, I mean, I was standing on the porticos as well, but it was the old Jerusalem. This is the new Jerusalem that we're talking about. So, the people above then are seeking God and his love. They know the most important thing. They've come for the pearl of great price. And they pass through the eye of the needle just like the rich man couldn't. Remember, this, the hardest thing a rich person can do is to pass through the eye of the needle. I don't care if you're rich in spirit or think that you, you are. When God tells you to lay it all down and come up higher in him, can you do that? Or do you get caught up in everything up until this place that you've acquired thus far? This is important. This is very, very important because that was the test we started in three and a half years ago where there were three-fourths of the church who refused to come in. There was a fourth that said, we don't know what you're doing, but we just know that we trust you, God. We know we trust you and we're going to go with you anywhere you want to go. And so here we are. 
still finishing out this trust test. And so it appears that the people are seeking the higher things of God and they know they're being endued with his love. And so that then the Lord said this, he said, the heaviness that many of you are feeling right now <clears throat> are from those who say they believe, but are feeling the weight of their own earth suit beginning to bog down their future destiny because the earth suit doesn't meet the requirements to be dressed and seated beside the king. It will not, it cannot elevate your spirit man into heavenly thanks. And sits bogging many down in this hour onto the lower parts of my mountain. And the reason the entire body is feeling it all at once, whether you're the bride or not, is because the true bride abides in Christ. And they now are being called to cut the cord from the false connectedness to people who think they've arrived when their flesh has kept them earthbound on the outside. This next part's going to upset some of you. But this is where you find yourself. You didn't enter into the new. And I'm not trying to be prideful by telling you that. I'm not trying to flog a dead horse. I'm not trying to dig a deep, dig a dagger deeper. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm telling you the truth. Which maybe hopefully get some of you on the stick to start getting delivered from yourselves so that you can actually start moving again. <clears throat> hopefully getting out of hell. So these this people group now, again that got left on the outside are considered the false virgin, the false bride. The five virgins who refused to get free to keep their lamps lit with new wine, new oil in order to submit to the orders of the king. And then the Lord gave me the scripture. <clears throat> he gave me Isaiah 65, 11. But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune, that's man's ways. That's for what you see in the natural. And who fill their cups with mixed wine for destiny. Not just your own, but other people pretending like it's the divine. You can't serve two masters. You're either going to serve one and betray the other or vice versa. You can't serve both. And God says not to add to or take away from. So you can't bring religion in with you Jezebel nor your witchcraft since you think that you know more than God knows and those of you stuck in that demon refuse to acknowledge what you've gotten enthroned in some of the sheep too by the way let me bring you into this point too can I go there guy beautiful so God just said this to me this morning do you realize Jonathan and David's relationship was built on loyalty it was true friendship Okay, so for those of you sheep who've gotten connected to the wrong thing, the wrong leader, wrong people, it's all about who you're connected to in this hour, their roots and their fruits. Guess what? You're going to be held accountable too. Because it's all about what you are listening to, who you're listening to. So God is saying, even if you run away, hopefully you can repent. I think you can. And get reconnected again. But for those of you who are so certain that you think that you know, God's saying, all of you are fixing to pay now because you refuse to grow in me, says the Lord. Which brings me to 1 Corinthians 7.15. Because these people now who are mixing wine and getting out of the true divine have now divorced themselves away from me, says the Lord. 
instead of choosing their own suffering, which would have brought them into kingdom. Remember, Jesus went through tremendous suffering before resurrection power. He didn't settle for the things below. He wanted to go up above where he could be seated beside God in heavenly places. This is what 1 Corinthians 7.15 states. If the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. He's called the bride to be at peace with them. You can't make people choose the truth. You cannot. Some people have to go through such hardships in order to see clearly. Haven't you? So do you understand what this, per- this scripture pertains to? Because to me, the way I perceive that is that God is divorcing himself away from those who say they're his, but act like the devil's children because they've chosen another king, a false one, another master. Hence, at this level, they're beginning to fall away. And I asked the Lord about that too. I got really concerned about that. This whole, matter of fact, this whole thing upset me. It upset me because I have compassion for people. I have deep compassion. But I realize I can, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink. <clears throat> and then I asked the Lord, I said, well, how is that, God, if we're not in the end times yet? We're not quite there. We're, we're getting there. <clears throat> My guess is that we're about two or three hundred years away. Per cat cur. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Pardon me. And the Lord said this. He said, you know, Missy, I've, I've, I've come back twice now. I've come back in spirit. I've come back in the flesh in the form of a man once to show the people that I was real. And then the second time through the first glory, he said, this is the second glory. I'm coming back in double power now to show my people. Look, I'm real. I'm still real. I'm bigger than witchcraft. I'm, I'm bigger than your fake religion. I'm bigger. I'm, I'm big enough to conquer anything. He said, and every time there's a contraction point that occurs, it shakes off non-heavenly things. Oh my. That was eye-opening to me. So the Lord said now, I'm entreating my true bride to come closer to myself on the porticos of heaven. She wants to come closer to me, closer in love. The Lord says, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Come on, come on in. I'm going to give you every bit of what you asking from above but the heaviness we're now sensing across america is the oneness we want once felt for one another as some have departed and left heaven for hell pardon me hence they've chosen their earth suits and all of its dysfunction and its earthbound pain so the now so now the heaviness we're sensing are those feeling all those things are that it's all been in vain. That's not true. Not if you wake up and repent and do an about face. That's not true. You've got some work ahead of you. But that's the devil's reality that I'm trying to talk to you about. Do not buy into all these feelings that you're stuck within. That's a demonic reality. Your flesh is not the truth. What is spirit is the truth. All the things God tells you. So if you can 
strike down all these things that we tried to teach you in C2. Remember, strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. Choose life, not death. And we tell you guys to hold on to everything God told you in prior seasons prophetically. Hold on to the truth. And I tell you to know you're normal. Know you're normal. All the time. Hold on to how it felt in that moment when you first got that prophetic word. When you when God gives you those God moments in between to confirm himself over and over and over again. Hold on to what that feels like. What that sensing feels like and what you sense. Because in the middle of that thing that's happening, where you're trying to get from the old into your new, you're going to be walking by blind faith. Even your five-fold giftings won't help you. That's getting you into teaching you to expect the best of the person you said you trusted at the beginning of this test. Okay? It's bringing you out of your old and into your new. It's getting you to believe the best of a holy God. Hence, when you do this vertically, it's going to help you relationally, horizontally. You're going to start believing the best of people around you. And quit expecting for the other shoe to drop. Quit being so guarded and so suspicious all the time. That's what the Pharisees do. Oh, we're so suspicious. Do you measure up to my... My standard, your standard's too low for me. I'm so sorry. I'm keeping the standards of the king. Living in truthful things. I'm not going to live your lie with you. Because your lie is getting you in trouble. So God clearly said, if you come up higher, you'll quit being stuck in this rut. Because it's the heaviness of others around my bride that are trying to wear her out, trying to get her stuck. But I will not force her to abide with those spiritually refusing to do heavenly things. So I've divorced myself from those spiritually until they choose to come inside and abide with life in their wings instead of being stuck in earthbound things. So saith the Spirit of Grace. So that moves us to Isaiah 19, 1 through 21, 17. And this blew me away today. I could not believe God said this because it definitely confirms everything above. I don't, I don't ever know what the conversation is going to be when I get into them. <clears throat> I'm just going through the Bible and letting God speak to me. But it's talk about, talking about getting help from Egypt or evil people going backwards in time, going back to the old ways because you really don't know what to do. And you don't know how to get into the divine. But you're receiving counsel from the devil on people. Because it's demons in them talking to demons in you. So it's a familiar spirit that you're communicating through. And this is occurring where strong factions were trying to give advice to leaders or the king to go get help from Egypt. The definition of a faction is a small, organized, dissenting group within a larger one especially in politics or even church politics so they're already in trouble and then the definition of egypt means returning to egypt would have meant rejecting freedom in the book of exodus the israelites were nothing more than slaves in egypt so their experience in Egypt was so horrible that the Bible consistently refers to Egypt as a picture of oppression, slavery, captivity. So those that refuse to give free in this hour that aren't coming inside would rather live in oppression, captivity, slavery, under the curse, than get free. And then they're going to 
gripe and complain. Um, no. <laughs> unbelievable to me. Mentalities are unbelievable to me. Mm -mm -mm. Who, which usually means that this grouping is already out of alignment with God's will because they want what their flesh wants, not what God wants, which will cause God to overthrow them because their heart is already depicting its condition. You know, am I ahead of myself? You know, I, I the worst thing I probably am. I'm going to get into it again in a second. Yeah, I'll wait because I'm getting ahead of myself if I go there yet. It's just the pride of the church. And I knew it was going to happen when the fivefold gifting started being ignited on vessels. I knew this was going to happen 25 years ago. I knew it. I saw it. I saw people putting their identity in a gift that was God's. It was always God's. It will always be God's. They're on loan to you. And so all these people have never felt like anything. They felt like nothings all their life until that happened. Oh, now I'm holy. Now I'll matter. Now people will recognize me. After all, I deserve it. I'm entitled to these things. You're not entitled to Jack squat. He died for you in a cross. And that's, that's good enough. That's about all we get. And if he never does a, another thing for us, that should be enough. We're going to get into that here in a second. Though. So this people group are already in rebellion against God's ways because their counsel was from the devil and they're heading into bondage. Plus, I've got bad news for you too. Your, your economy is about to fail. So those hearts are really coming into hard times. And Isaiah the prophet warned them that Going to Egypt would not help them because God had purposefully separated the Egyptians from each other. He's got factions within them. So they're already in strife. Why are you going to go to people who was always, they're always in strife? There's no order. There's chaos there. God's a God of order. That would, that would be telling to me. Telling. They're going to unwise counsel. Or going back to old wine. People that operate in old wine thinking that going back to old leaders would lend wise advice. But God said, this is what he said, not me. God said, they're all deluded fools. They're all deluded fools. As most are Jezebels who follow the spirit of witchcraft through other Jezebels. Why is it that the blind sheep like to follow other blind sheep? Why is that? Is it that they're trying to convince themselves that they're okay? Yet they're so busy leading each other astray? It's, is it like two peas in a pod? Two birds of a feather flying together while trying to convince themselves that two wrongs make a right, yet their end result never takes flight? Because two wrongs just for your information, are always going to be wrong. And it takes a special kind of stupid when people keep challenging God, thinking they're going to win, only perpetuating their own sin and their own demise. Do you understand where this is taking a lot of you? I'm not being nice about it. 
And you can get angry at me. I don't care. <clears throat> I'm going to say what he says. Because all you're believing is a pack of lies and your self-delusion. Some of you, all of you, most of you are so full of pride that you don't know how to even begin to trust God to come inside. You're stuck in your religion. You're stuck in your old ways. And then you get offended with people like me who get up in your mix with God and challenge you to look at a few things. <clears throat> are your prayers packing a punch like they used to? That's a telltale sign. You're not coming into the new. But instead, you're operating in a demonic reality that the enemy has gotten you caught up within. Because <clears throat> you believe more in the flesh than you do in him. If you know anything about God's true bride, God's true bride operates in wisdom like never seen before which only comes from God because she's closer. She's closer to him now. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> she's not close to the world anymore. And in fact, it feels foreign to the bride. The world feels foreign. Nothing here in this earthbound area has anything to offer people operating in the true move of God. <clears throat> we see the difference. We see the difference. And the wisdom of old will always, the wisdom, let me, let me, let me, re, let me preface this with this. The old wineskin, the old wineskin, that's considered the wisdom of an old move, will always lead those following it into staggering humiliate, humiliation and defeat. Because eventually those stuck in Egypt or Saul will have to turn to Israel for help or the Davids. That's the new place you can possibly meet. You need to go to a true David, somebody operating in the new. If you want help to cross over, you have to. <clears throat> and in admitting, you know, I think the most, uh, how do I say this? The most humbling thing, but also the wisest thing anybody could ever do. And everybody has to do this at some point in their life. When you admit to yourself, you're wrong. You're wrong. You thought you knew. I've thought that to myself about different things when I was so sure I've done it with my parents. I've done it with mentors. And every time when God wants to teach me a thing or two, he's like, okay, eh. let her do what she does. Or and that's what he's saying to a lot of you. Let them do what they do. Yeah. Okay, you're fixing to go through, never fails. Every time we start going through things, you start going through things to teach you or teach me back then who's God and who's not. He's determined to show us this in our suffering. So the object lesson here and why you don't form unholy alliances is to make sure you learn to stay free. Because God's in the season right now where he's freeing the POWs. He wants you to get free to come near him again. It was actually depicted with Israel, in, or actually, uh, it's in the defeat of Ashdod, where they depended on Egypt or the old wine to try to help them. Because one thing we learn from history, if you don't learn anything, is that most people don't learn from history. 
They just keep doing the old thing, the old, the same thing over and over and over again. That's a definition of crazy. You ever heard of that analogy? Where you do the same thing over and over again, thinking it's going to lend you new results. <clears throat> but today we've got people getting stuck in their flesh, trying to convince themselves that it can't happen here. When those walking with God know that it can. Because when I'm saying that, they're saying to the, to the people stuck, they're saying, no, that can't happen here. God would never judge me. Yet it's already happening. It's already occurring. And then they're questioning the new move, saying, well, we don't know what you're trusting in God for. We've never seen him heal blind eyes or raise the dead or taking people into the new. We have. Why do you think we're here? Why do we think we trusted him enough? Why do you think we trusted him enough to even step into this place? Because we've seen too many times in our past when we've asked God for things and he's come through every single time. Every time. You trust him to walk you into the divine. And, and actually what was so interesting about this object lesson too, and the two points here, the second point, and when God wants to teach us lessons about things, this was actually personified through the prophet Isaiah where he actually dressed up like a prisoner of war. Because he went without for three years from wearing his prophets, uh, his prophetic shoes, or his tunics. He actually walked around naked. And he was depicting what it means to be fully just without. Without, for three and a half years walking around naked. Some of the things God's asked people to do. Hmm. It was used by God to depict what those who follow the old wine or old seasons of the church, the old church moves operate within currently and what they become when they continue to choose their own ways. They continue to walk in the flesh. They continue to stay stuck in demonic activity and they become prisoners of war. So why are you getting mad when I'm just telling you what's going on in your life? <clears throat> where some of your churches have gotten stuck in these old wineskins, and then you're getting mad at the prophets for saying, hey, hey, this is the way to walk in, and this is the way to get out, and then that special kind of mantle of being anointed with stuck on stupid, that real special anointing that falls on some of you, and you just stay there. You stay there. And I'm like, what? That's a Jesse Duplantis thing. Maybe not in that way, but he states that. I'm going to cite source him. Sincerely, though, that's special. That's especially smart of some of you. So what ends up happening is that those sheep are taken off into demonic realities now, into Babylon. That could have been avoided had they had the right wine because new wine or trusting God to go into the new place <clears throat> requires crushing or suffering to get there. But usually... This is my experience with this. And I'm seeing this. I'm seeing things in the church that I've never seen before. And I guess this is why God's allowing me to, to be in this capacity. To see the lack of standards, especially in leaders. Where they think anything goes. Oh, because I'm so-and-so. Who cares? Who gives a rat's rear? I don't care. God definitely doesn't care. But what I've seen 
is that usually it's the lazy people who don't like the change very seldom get to walk in the new because they're more deluded with self than adoring and trusting the goodness of God. So with that, I'll tell you it's time to repent if you want to walk out and through. Which moves us to Galatians 2, 1 through 16, and it's talking about the runner, the good steward, and the true watchman. And what really stuck out in my spirit was the true watchman. Catch this. Because I was surprised to see Paul mentioned here. But if you know anything about Paul, Paul was very, very serious about his race. He was very serious and he kept right on track. He tried to do everything God told him to do. And so he saw himself running a race and he was on the right track with the right goal. That's a kick. That's a key where the religious Pharisees of his day were trying to get the church into wrong goals and off track with God because they were so determined to be right. Look, look who I am. Do you know who I am? Making the rest of us want to vomit. So if you know anything about God, because Paul did, Paul knew God's heart. Do you? But Paul knew that God wasn't looking for popular celebrities. He's not looking to make you famous. He's not looking to build a platform for you. He's not looking to help you become anything except for what he deems for you to do. Matter of fact, if you know anything about God or the Lord, he's looking to make himself be known, not you or I. Because when we know how good God can make us look, when we allow him to shine, that's about the only taste of the divine that we get to participate in. And when I saw that truth today, and I've seen it and I've been seeing it for months now too, I'm starting to realize how the church misconceives what God's brought them to. And I saw it 25 years ago when he was trying to bring them into understanding him by laying his presence on our vessels in the end times, God will pour his spirit out on all flesh, good and evil alike. That's what forced the pressure. So we're starting experiencing all this warfare. And we started seeing God use his fivefold giftings on our vessels, his, not ours. His, just the his. And so when he started flowing through our vessels for those vessels who were obedient and allowing him to, people, I started seeing people hijack the anointing, hijack the gifts, hijack everything of God that he had put on loan to them, acting like they were the ones that had done it through themselves. And they were something else. I've seen that pompous ass side of people. Look who I am. Look who I am. You're nobody. You're nobody. Give the floor to the somebody. The one from above. Because you're not him. But. All the rest is. His gifts on our vessels. The anointing. His armor. 
It's all on loan. For Jesus to use when he chooses to use our vessels as he has need. But the problem again is that three-fourths of the church lack identity. Hence, we have them abusing scripture, abusing their gifts, not listening to God. So why did it ever dawn on us? Why did we ever think that he wasn't going to come in and clean this up? Because at some point, in order for us to differentiate between the truth and a lie, to come inside, he has to do that. So it's time to come out of the old by and by, and it's time for us to start getting aligned with the truth of who Christ says he is and what he says is the truth and getting away from you or ourselves. It's time to stop hijacking those things and get ourselves off the shelf. Because if you don't, it's going to lead you to being dethroned. Remember, we're supposed to be seated beside him in heavenly, heavenly places. The reason? Because you have seated yourself into the king's place wrongfully. And God takes offense to that. So as God is looking for faithful stewards and watchmen, he's looking at you. Looking at me. What's a true watchman? If you know anything about Paul or Jesus, and I really have to give them both credit for this because they were both bold like this, but neither Paul nor Jesus were afraid of confronting those like Peter. Like Peter. One of my favorite people too. <laughs> when he had moved away from the truth of the gospel. Remember when he told Jesus, oh, no, God, I've never let that happen to you. You get thee behind me, devil. Get thee behind me. Because Jesus knew what he was called to do. That's perverting and doing what's right in your own eyes. Not what the Lord says is right. The Lord was the king standing in front of him. He could have gotten the true king's decree right there. And boy, did he. Get thee behind me, said the Lord. So it's external vigilance that we must pay attention to. Who are you aligned with and who is who? Because that's the price of liberty, said Wendell Phillips, is having external vigilance, knowing heart conditions, asking the Lord about people. Show me, God. Are they in your outer courts, your inner courts? Are they in your holy of holies? Because if they're in your holy of holies, that means they know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you, but they will always be loyal to truth. Always. External vigilance pertains to our spiritual liberty. Because if we don't learn the difference <clears throat> between true king's decree and what God says is truth, you're going to get stuck like the fake Christians do. Those operating only by the rules, trying to work their way into kingdom, which will never get them there. Living a fruitless life, depleting power. I mean, they never walk in power. Always trying to derail the bride away from love's truth. Because they know so much. So why would they come inside? To the feast or coming in with the groom. 
Because they're so busy trying to take God's glory for themselves, how could they possibly have time to pay attention to God's ways? They're too busy sitting on a shelf. Which brings us to Psalms 59, 1-17. And I thought this was interesting too. Where it talked about the dogs, the prowling dogs after the bride or against the Davids too. And if you know anything about this psalm, David compared his enemies to dogs prowling the city streets to see whom they might devour. And it was actually in his frustration after Saul began chasing him again. How many of you thought that you had gotten rid of some enemies and then they started trying to come after you again? Because they're so sure they know more than God. And it's like, nope, you were demoted. Sorry. Take it up with him. But David knew this. David knew this. And so he just waited. And he had to face several years of exile before he received his rightful throne. But he also knew that throne wasn't his own. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. And there were a couple of times to me that David probably wanted to go thug all over the King Saul's of his day. Do you? You ever found yourself wanting to do that? Just go thug? Repent later? Baseball bat and blanket time? From those who always think that they know so much, yet they still haven't walked into God's throne room? But that wouldn't be godly, right? It wouldn't be godly. Because then all they all you do is give them ammunition. See, I told you that's how they were. I told you they're not gods. I told you. No, actually, Jesus probably would tear you up with his cat of nine tails. He'd probably rip you a brand new one. Some of you. For the things that you do behind the scenes that you don't think he pays attention to. Those always thinking they know so much, yet they aren't even part of the bride. Because they refuse to come inside into true love where they could actually abide. If, like Saul, they weren't full of their own pride. So, this is the good news for you if you are the bride. Now that God has totally torn up the other side. (laughs) I'm just saying what he's telling me to say today. And I don't enjoy doing this, actually, by the way. I'm just trying to make it entertaining for you so you'll keep receiving. But if you know anything about David, let's talk about David. David, you know, David had his flaws. We already heard about him. We know about the affair. We know about the murder. We know about the the dumb things that he did. We know. We know about the Peters. But if you know anything about David, you know, he was a pretty smart boy. Because... He also knew that God didn't toy with the anointing. He knew how to bide his time. He knew how to wait for God to rightfully align him. And to keep following the Lord's ways. So he stayed away from touching those too stupid to know that God had also numbered their days. And that the anointing and the power on their lives was fading away. He was watching Saul. He was tempted. I think he was tempted. But he knew not to break any spiritual laws. So, in the meantime, what did David do? 
You know, this is where David, to me, is absolutely wonderful because on his way through, he decided to sing and to praise, to stay near the ancient of days, and he got his praise on. He got his praise on big time. And the Lord said to him, you know, David, and he's saying to you, the true bride that's going now and meeting with God on the inside, on the porticos of heaven, he's saying this to you. He's saying, things often look the worst right before the breakthrough. David knew this, and so should you. Which brings us <clears throat> to Proverbs 23, 13 through 14, where it states, Do not withhold discipline from a child, or I'm not going to go there. I'll just say what it is, and I'll tell you what I interpreted it as later. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they won't die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Meaning, sometimes, some of these Pharisees that keep going out and they keep getting involved, the Saul's, who refuse to obey the Lord, sometimes God will put you through so much hardship because you refuse to do what God told you to do. And God says, your days are numbered, man. I'm coming whether you like it or not. And so is my new move. That's the choice I'm leaving you with today. To decide whom you're going to serve. It's going to be me or you. So saith the spirit of grace. He was. All right, guys. Go have yourself a great weekend. Have yourself an even better Rosh Hashanah. Great Friday. I'll hopefully look forward to seeing you on Tuesday as we continue on in our conversation with the 15-minute rap. But until then, I love you. And I'll see you then. Bye-bye.